0: This is the Rhythm Authors Podcast for February 21st, 2011, episode 10, Double Digits Baby. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Rhythm Authors Podcast. Today I'm joined by Sound Defense, as always. Yeah, hi internet, how's it going? And our guest this week is Brandon Patton from, hey, he's MC4NLot's bassist, right? Yeah, hello. So, and fourth guest, The Wind. Hi, Wind. <laughs> the Wind will, it will, he'll just talk whenever he feels like talking.
1: Sound Defense. this is our 10th episode. 10th <laughs> episode, I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed that we made it uh 10 episodes especially considering the zeroth episode that we attempted i didn't think this would go much of anywhere yeah i know right um
2: yeah what's the what's the uh obligatory traditional gift for 10th anniversaries
0: wind apparently <laughs> wind goodness um that, that's very interesting wind tell us more <laughs> yeah i know right think about it we've been doing this for 20
1: weeks now uh.
0: we started this podcast 20 weeks ago
1: That's well. That's you know. When you say it that way, it actually you know feels like quite a long span of time. We've been doing this for like five months. I know it's crazy.
2: Uh, According according to Wikipedia, you're supposed to receive tin or aluminum on your tenth anniversary.
0: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, I guess I'll have to go out and buy some for (laughs) Santa. Some Reynolds Wrap. (laughs) Just a bunch of Hershey Kisses. Is there aluminum in Reynolds Wrap? It's aluminum foil, isn't it? Oh, that kind of Reynolds Wrap. I was thinking of Saran rap. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saran rap, too. Oh, man. I got Saran rap for my 10th birthday. This sucks. Anyway.
2: Well, ha- um, congratulations on your 10th podcast. Uh... Thank you.
1: Thank you, sir.
0: Sh- it's all downhill from here, quite honestly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Fans of the podcast in five years are going to say, man, I remember when these guys were good. Jumped us to shark with that 10th episode. Talk about wind the whole time. Anyway.
0: Since we have our guest, besides Wind, he doesn't count, we have a real guest, uh, we should get into a quick, we should learn more about him, I think, right? Yep, I think so. So, tell us, I don't know, a little bit about your influences as, you're primarily a bassist, I assume.
2: Uh, sure, I mean, I guess relevant, relevant to rock band, um, my story is that um, I was, after college, I was being a solo musician for a while, and... Um, I had sort of mixed success. I I, I was on the internet, you know, early on. um, And so I was able to win some internet-related awards, which admittedly, I mean, I'm a modest guy. So admittedly, there probably weren't it wasn't like there was a huge number of artists to choose from. These were like back when the independent music awards weren't known about. Like I, I, I always applied to all these little awards early on, um, and now now everything's changed and everything's online. Um, but I used to do that, and my friend from college um, did it even more impressively than me, and really found um, you know various internet communities and started posting his incredibly whacktastic rap music um under the name mc Frontalot, and uh his his first big success was this song called yellow lasers which was about going to a star wars convention and eventually getting tied to the bed by someone dressed in a princess leia costume um and and the community for him was uh, a website called song fight where a title would be given to everyone who wanted to compete and everyone would write a song with the same title Mm-hmm. And and so, yellow lasers was a given title um, among many of his um, earlier songs. In fact, one of the songs on um, the rock band DLC, I believe, um, "Living at the Corner of Dude and Catastrophe," yeah. was, I believe, a song fight title as well, and uh, in honor of the of the web comic. And um, so, anyway, so 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 Frontalot uh, started making people laugh um, with his with his stuff, and uh, it attracted somehow um Mike and Jerry from Penny Arcade who have a huge following and a huge readership and they posted his a link to his song and that was kind of the beginning of his career and um about a couple years later he 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 quit doing his freelance web design and um started needing band members and we started going out on the road the whole the whole early part of our of our experience is chronicled in this movie called Nerdcore Rising. And um and we we found tons of other people who were sort of um
1: congregating to a nerd banner as musicians and as rappers. And, and I noticed that uh Nerdcore Rising I'm looking here is the name of one of the MC Front lot albums.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um so that was that was a I believe that's a um is a song and an album and um and uh, the, the woman who made the movie ended up using that as the title too, because it just kind of fits the, the zeitgeist, the moment. <laughs> okay. uh, and, so, and so then, um, you know, as, as we came to find that, that you know, that, that we could find people to, to, to share our music with and entertain who, who didn't want to just laugh at us for being dorks, but actually enjoyed it and felt like, you know, I'm a dork too. Um, and, and that was really great. And, and, and a huge part of that, uh, I don't know, the Venn diagram or whatever overlap is gamers. I mean, there's, you know, not all nerds are gamers, but there are a huge number who would certainly proudly consider themselves gamers. And, and so eventually, you know, anything where music and games overlap um, is, is just somewhere that I always kind of want to be, want to reside and, and want to know about, want to keep up with. And um, when the rock, rock Band Network first was announced... I, I just, I you know, I think like a lot of people, I just got this huge amount of enthusiasm for what it could become, and and um, and also delusions about how I could, you know, um, uh, um, just whip out songs and just and just be you know putting out hundreds of songs to the Rock Band network and all these things. This is before I realized that it takes me about a hundred hours per song, but. um
0: it is quite intensive sometimes.
2: Um, I'm sure you guys uh, have have gotten better efficiency since you have to, uh, since you need to do that. But I, I'm still um, a little inefficient with how I do it,
1: probably. But well, think- <laughs> we also have like a bunch of different dudes working on this.
2: Well, that's know, part wrong. of the efficiency. Yeah, it's not doing every every uh, instrument yourself and the video. The the venue track and all
0: that. we have knocked it down to about a 98, 97 maybe. I don't know. Oh, you're still around 102. Well, that doesn't make me know. feel so bad. It does feel like a long time though, either way. Yeah. Um
2: so yeah, so that's so so then I I basically um front a lot, you know, because we were sort of close to some people in the game industry and everything. We actually got um in or I don't really know the story, but um somehow he got into the the ba- the game into their original DLC. But when when the when Rock Band Network started up, I told Frontalot, I said, "You know, look, I really want to do this." And part of the problem with our band is that he is a full-time—you know—we like call him a minor celebrity because it's pretty—it's <laughs> pretty minor in the scale of things. Um, but but he internet he, celebrity, right? He gets to basically. do his thing basically full-time, and um, and then the rest of his band is always scrambling for work and for money because we only tour like two or three months of the year. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, look, you know, instead of you going and paying other authors to author your music, let me just learn how to do this. And, and then at least, you know, we can keep this in house. And, uh, I keep threatening him that, you know, like if, if, if I don't, if I don't find some way to do something, something income related, then, then I'm going to have to go get a real job and then I have to go get a new bass player. You know, that's so, so, uh, um, this has been nice for me because it's unstructured and so I can just work on it when I have a gap in between other stuff and then oh. set it down and go do other stuff and then come back and finish it. And, um, except for the couple of weeks ago when that huge deadline went down and everyone was like sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah, um, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, I mean, that's my, that's my story. And, and I, um, I mean, I'm not even like, I don't, I don't really consider myself awesome with computers or anything. Like, like Frontalot is is definitely kind of a super user. He's not a programmer, but he's extremely knowledgeable about computers. I, I'm just sort of a a, a creative person, you know. Re- relatively smart although they're like the kind of people we meet in this scene i start to feel on the low edge of the percentage after a while but um the you know so i kind of gotta i gotta struggle through this stuff i make a lot of mistakes i i i i read the docs but i don't i somehow just don't notice a certain sentence and then i find out five hours later if i had just noticed that sentence it would have all you know been explained um but I, you know, I I stick to it, and um, th- that's that's I guess probably everybody's story on Rock Band Network. I mean, even even the companies, you know, you just have the the doc files and or the uh, authoring docs, and you just
0: try and figure it out from there. Yeah, it is a bit of like a, the docs are there, and they're a great guideline, and they're a great starting point. But uh, playtest and peer review is really where everything sort of that's sort of where the learning happens, I feel. Right. Where, you're like, when you start making mistakes and people are like, no, 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 this is better because of X. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Or, no, I think it's actually better this way because, you know, maybe I can somehow figure out how to do it a different way. And I think that's probably the best thing going with Rock Band Network, in mm, my opinion.
1: I think so. I mean, like, I know a bunch of people, they probably... Before they started making official songs, they just grabbed you know the docs and did a custom or something like that. but it's really difficult to learn that way because first of all, you get very little feedback, even if you post like a YouTube video or something, and second of all, because practice is really hard when these things take like twenty hours a piece or something ridiculous and that's and that's just for enough for a video yeah, and that's why I think creators is really nice because you can
0: even if it's your first chart, you can get a lot of feedback, and if you're willing to mm-hmm. To listen to it, then you can become a really good author. I think. I think relatively quickly.
2: I also find it funny how you know my my role when I'm a reviewer, it keeps changing based on the influence of other people review reviewing. Like like when I when I would start out, I would be kind of real loose, and I'd be like, "Oh, it seems cool. I enjoyed playing. it. It was fun." And then and then I would get a couple like completely obsessive compulsive reviews where where somebody where someone was either a super genius or they spent an amazing amount of time or they were using some technology that I didn't have to just completely itemize this huge list of minor changes that, and then then when I did my next review I would be like kind of a total jerk and and not not let anything slide you know and uh and then then I would get some sort of more um Tolerant review, and then it would kind of affect me. And I, I, it's sort of this oscillation where I'm trying to figure out, you know, how much of a hard ass are you, and how much do you let there be exceptions to things? How much do you root for people to get their song through because you know they've done a lot of work? How much do you sit there with your arms crossed and say, like, it has to be perfect, or I say no? <laughs>
0: Uh, um, that, that, is a, uh, that is a really hard balance to strike I think a lot of people struggle with it I know I certainly did yeah. I have my fair, uh, my fair amount of essays on creators to people about things they need to change I think typically um, when I'm reviewing like if I'm playtesting something I will mention every single thing that I think could be improved
2: Right. and mm-hmm. if I'm
0: peer reviewing something I still try to do that but typically I'll still pass it if it's not broken <laughs> You know yeah, like I, I would do this differently, but the way you have it is fine. So
2: Yeah, I, I like that too because it's it's sometimes you might say, Look, I you know, I, I I gotta I gotta get this through the pipeline and work on the next thing, but so I'm not gonna change this song, but you still you still learn from the comments and maybe it'll affect your next project.
0: And that's what I'm going for when I, I like I feel like the worst reviews are the ones that don't say anything at all ultimately
1: yeah definitely it's all about you know being informative and helpful as possible i mean it's it's, i i pretty much stick to that uh creed as much as i can just to inform them of everything i saw and as for passing or failing uh i don't know i might be alone on this but when uh i peer review a song i see it as my job to fail that song to be frank, and so I will try as hard as I can to find something fail-worthy, with, within reason, of course, and so, I don't know, I sort of, I don't know if that's, like, a bad approach or anything, but, you know, that's what they do in the software industry.
0: So that's, I think that's a fair point. I mean, it is, ultimately comes down to what the limit is, you know, and yeah, where the I limit is defined at.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if something's on the edge, I'll just post, I'm like, hey, I'm uncomfortable about this, what do you think? Living and, on the edge? living all the yeah um i have
2: a lot of questions about you know what it's like for all of the author like the independent authors out there because i i mean you never really know what someone else's fan base is so someone who seems completely unknown to you might have a real healthy fan base that you just don't know about but i feel like there's there's definitely some people who have who post their stuff who don't have a fan base at all like they're completely unknown and it's, it's a labor of love, and, and they, they figure out how to author it, and they post their stuff. Mm-hmm. But financially, I mean, you know, the, the, just the opportunity cost of having put that much time in to something. And, it, I mean, it's heartbreaking to think that there are some songs out there that might get a total of 100 downloads, you know? Um, and I'm really fascinated by this, you know, if, if you were a really famous band, like I saw some Shin stuff going through, and, um, and new pornographers, and and, uh, and and then, you know, stuff way more famous than that too, and you have, I mean, you have kind of a, a formula you can put in your head about, well, I, we expect, you know, this many people who play a rock band to have heard of these bands, and of that many people, probably this... Number of them would be willing to shell out a dollar or two for this download, um, and that means that our total take will be this, and so we can afford this, and we can pay, you know, and we'll take it out of the back end later, or we'll we'll uh, pay for it up front, or you know, however you guys get your clients and everything. But for 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 the people who are doing it themselves, um, or for the companies who are just only authoring, or who are authoring things for free, and Taking fifty percent of the back end, i just I wonder like i I don't know how rhythm authors does it, but what happens if you author a hundred songs for free? for 50% of the back end, and they, and, and they end up just not getting downloaded. I mean, no money ever comes from any of that. Like that's, is, that is it like venture
0: capitalism? Is there? Well, I, th- I think, uh, I mean, for rhythm authors, ultimately, let's say assuming, I mean, I, I don't know how everyone else at the company feels, but the way that I feel is if we can make enough money to maintain our web hosting <laughs> and our videos and all that other stuff, you know, just the sort of the, the structure of our website and keeping things going, flowing as a business, Right. Um, if I don't ever see a paycheck, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm oh, okay. Doing, I'm doing this because I like to do it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like to make things that people will enjoy. I've, I have have done so all my life. So, you know, if even if I didn't get paid, it's still, you know, great to, you know, post a video and see people love love the song. Yes, I mean, I don't know. There's something really... Uh,
0: this, it's, it's hard to describe. It's just, you know, uh, Jim and I are, like, really big Rock Band fans, so to be able to put stuff in Rock Band... Albeit yeah. <laughs> not always our music it's it's thrilling it's fun
1: now hold on a minute who is interviewing who here what's going on
0: <laughs> i'm interviewing you guys that, that's great
2: um, well, that's
1: fine i mean content's content content <laughs> well
2: no i know what you mean i mean i i feel the same way about it but but it, it just it if it wasn't so time consuming like that's what's so amazing about people like if it took if it took like five to ten hours to put a song up mm-hmm. then you could work your day job you could come home and squeeze it in you know, whatever, it, it would be a cool little hobby. But it's a serious hobby. I mean, if you, if you devote yourself to this, and it's all free time and it's all unpaid, it's just, a, it's just an amazing, generous contribution to uh, a whole community of gamers. And um, I don't know, we, everybody needs to get like a, a, a <laughs> applause for that um, because it's a beautiful thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it does ultimately, for us, it ultimately comes out of a passion for the types of songs that we get and the types of the type of experience you have when you play a rock band. Um, if we uh, getting back on topic though, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> after major yeah. tangent, um, you've put out I think you said three MC Frontalot songs so far. Yeah, three.
1: Um, yeah,
2: I, I, I the first one I did was was Goth Girls, which mm-hmm. I I started in um, the f- sort of fall early winter of two thousand nine. Um, As I, as I started trying to learn how to do everything and I didn't get it done until, boy, maybe last spring. And then I didn't author anything for a while. And then um, right, right in the fall of last year, I tried to put through Bizarro Genius Baby right before we went on tour. And that was a mistake because it got, it got rejected and I couldn't do anything about it because we were on tour and um couldn't fix it and repost it and it actually went so long that it eventually just got removed because I, I i couldn't get back to it in time um and then uh i finally in the last uh big panic of trying to get everything done for uh for rockburn rock band network 2 slash rock band 3 um the new deadline i uh just i I just put in like 9 a.m to 2 a.m days for like five days straight to get bizarro and hassle the dorkening uh finished um i just cleared out a whole week and just made it happen and it was that was kind of fun it's kind of crazy i felt like uh, i was in
0: finals in college or something again (laughs) it is a that yeah that crunch time was crazy (laughs) Especially around rhythm authors.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. we, we were all, you know, scrambling to get everything done, looking good. Uh, I don't know if you
0: saw Branton, but uh, the last of the last 16 songs, 15 of, the, 15
1: of them were ours. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Eventually, it was down to nothing but us in peer review. Yeah, which is kind of funny. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm.
0: you've put out three MC Frontalot songs. I was wondering if we'd ever see any... Brandon Patton music eventually
2: definitely going to um one one thing I mean I obviously I, I want to see my stuff in the game I think that would be right. great um but um I don't have I don't have quite a large enough following for my solo stuff mm-hmm. to to i i feel like to to really prioritize it cuz i'm basically like won't make any money from it so um so i got to find i got to squeeze it in uh, and and you know in between all the other hustling i do to stay alive and um and i have to find a song that's going to work because uh the there's there's different kinds of stuff that I've I've considered putting up. I ha, like I have this one song that is sort of perfect for rock band because it's kind of a guitar riff driven song, mm-hmm. but but it's but it's not it's like one of my worst songs, you know. <laughs> so so there's and then like some of my best songs like are, are like this uh ha, are just have these like bed of. Of sort of choppy like percussion parts and and singing and like long held piano chords, it would be really boring to play. Um, so, I guess what what, what I really want to do is write a song for Rock Band Network and have a little fun. Now that I know how to do it, I've been I've been waiting because I I feel like I know how to do it now. Now that I've done three songs, my right. my. My second song still was kind of a disaster, but my third song went <laughs> went through on the first pair of you. So I think I had learned some stuff, and uh, I want to I want to sort of write a song that's a little bit, um, a little bit noodly enough to make it fun to play. Um, so so sort of just think in your mind what would be a cool song to play. I don't want to I don't want to write like a Real like like a impossible level de- death metal song, but I but I want to write something that would just you know kind of be fun for right. for the instruments. Um, I think that'd be a fun challenge.
0: So when that happens, I'll post it. It'd probably take about a year, but I just asked because I was looking at your website and I thought a lot of the. That- thought a lot of it sounded great. So I was like, oh, how come we haven't (laughs) seen any of this stuff yet?
2: Well, that's the other side is if there was a song that I felt, you know, people would just enjoy singing, um, Mm -hmm. then, then you could put it up, even if the, you know, guitar and bass parts are really easy and boring, you know, people might want to sing them. I just, you know, the ambitious part of me wants a song where like every single instrument part is, you know, thought out and, and <laughs> right. beautiful and constructed amazingly and um, composed and yeah I actually have an idea that I don't even want to share with you because I don't want someone <laughs> to steal it but I have a really good idea for a cool way to uh, check in with me in a year
0: yeah but, god ideas <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just keep, yeah, I just keep thinking back to all my ideas too.
2: Right, right. It's 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 just fun and it's a great it's great to have access to this format. And it was a really good call by Harmonix to set this up and make it happen and see see what people do with it. Like when the first saxophone song came up for vocal part,
1: uh, foot loose
2: and fancy for you. I love that song. Right. It was so it was so fun just to think of yeah, yeah. anybody with a mic stand and a saxophone can now participate in this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. That is pretty cool. Um but, uh I'm interested in what kind of influences that you draw from when you write your own stuff and maybe when you write stuff for, for a lot. The process is really different.
2: Um, that's one of the things that's fun about being a sideman and a solo artist right. is that um, you really can you really can embrace the role of sideman a- instead of sort of being stubborn or stepping on somebody else's creativity, like like, uh, um, like our wind friend. You know, like in did you ever see the Wilco movie when when you know Jeff Tweedy fired his uh, Jay Farrar? Uh, uh, it's 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 like there's always there's often like a star in a band, right? And and then the other musicians are all there helping him, but if 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 you start to get really stubborn about wanting your musical idea in their song and they're not really digging it, and it can create a lot of tension. What what's cool for me is that I can, I can kind of sit back and be really laid back about the frontal lot process and say, you know, this is about MC frontal lot rapping. And I'm like, I'm like a resource that he can kind of use just like, um, our, you know, amazing drummers that we've worked with and, 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 um, his roommate who, uh, who's the, one of the keyboard players and he can just sort of use us and say, Hey, will you lay something down? But, but it's not really totally collaborative. Um, so we sort of just offer our, 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 our instrument skills and our ideas when asked for. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas if that was like my only, the only music I got to do, I, I would be a little unsatisfied with that because I have my own ideas. And, and, um, you know, when I, the very first rock band I was in was called three against four. when we lived in Boston and, and me and the guitar player, we had a lot of fiery arguments. And we, we just, when we didn't agree on a musical idea, we just didn't know how to resolve it. We, it would just seem like there was an impossible rift between us. And, uh, you know, it, it, that whole band would have worked better if both of us allowed ourselves to write our own stuff on the side. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think my process is, is just sort of be av- available to front a lot. And just throw out things, and and the whole kind of role is to be funky, um, and to enjoy the bass guitar, to be an instrumentalist, come up with funky riffs. Um, when I, when I when I write music, I'm not really a bass player. I'm I'm more of a, a you know a songwriter, a singer songwriter. I had kind of a folk music background for a while. I was in kind of a math rocky pop punk band. Um, you just
0: named a bunch of genres, man.
2: Yeah, and, and and I studied world music in college. I mean, and and some avant-garde stuff. And the 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 only thing that really hasn't influenced me is probably jazz. I just never really got really into jazz. But but um, I'm a sponge, and I I just like to take it all in. And uh, I'm you know I'm kind of a Radiohead fan. I'm, i I like I like the idea of of writing songs over. Sort of avant-garde pop music, like like Bjork does, and Peter Gabriel, and those kind of people. But also, sometimes just an acoustic guitar is all you need. And um and 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 my um I think my my arc, the of of my sort of, I'd like to call it a career, but I mean it's 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 so penniless, it's hardly worth <laughs> calling that. But has been to realize more. I think when I was young and pretentious I was all about, you know, just art for art's sake and, and me expressing myself and I'm 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 getting a little bit more of an awareness of how to entertain because with Frontalot we, we actually have an audience. There's actually people at our shows. We actually get to entertain them and, and, and you feel you feel drawn to that, you know, like, hey, that one song we did just didn't, it seemed to go over everybody's heads and nobody liked it. You know, that, that, that other song, like, wow, they loved it. They loved it. And that starts to affect you. So, um, I've started writing, you know, some comedy, silly stuff cause it's fun to make people laugh. Um, so sometimes I'm, I'm not, sometimes I get into this little insular mode. It's like my therapy. I write about my feelings and, you know, and other times it's more like, oh, people are going to love this. This is a really good idea. Or, you know, I'm going to bust this out. And it's, it's either like, I mean, I, I'm kind of a dork, so you know, when things seem cool to me, they're probably not that cool, but they, it seems cool at the time and so I'm like, this is cool, people are going to like this or this is funny, people are going to enjoy this um, and, and genre doesn't really matter, it's just a, it comes down to what instruments you can play
0: Right, and it is always interesting to sort of get there's that element of feedback from an audience that is, is strange at times <laughs> where you're like I don't know, at least for me, it was sort of weird to hear people talking about my music for a change, uh, and just seeing what they liked, and, you know, I had this idea for the song, and then, like you said, it just went over their heads, or that's not something that a lot of people like, it's sort of just something that I liked, (laughs) so, but uh, now that we have a little bit more of a musical background, I was wondering, you might have touched on it, but uh, what, what really brought your attention to rock band and creators in the first place?
2: I wish I remembered it probably was was um Twitter or something um it was just word of mouth I think I mean it was just people talking um and and going to packs um and People talking about the, you know, what's the next thing? I want to know what the next thing is, you know. Oh my God, Halo fourteen is coming out! Or you know, what, um, hey, Halo
0: fourteen's awesome.
2: Don't hate <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, whatever, you know, whatever. Like I got really excited when 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 Spore was going to come out. I thought Spore was going to be awesome. It was a little bit of a letdown, but um, right. um I think it just came out of that. Just people kind of sharing information. Being Information Junkies. I don't have a... I don't specifically
0: remember, but... Right. That seems to be common. <laughs> Whenever I ask people that question, they're like, I don't, how did I? <laughs> it does seem to be, like, sort of, like, I don't know, so, so distant at this point, too, that it's hard to remember. Um, you've been through the process for songs, like, three times now. Right. So I was wondering, what is your favorite and least favorite part of it?
2: Ah. Well... I guess I mean the, the least favorite part of it is
1: when when there's so many to choose from. <laughs> I just hate so much about this. <laughs> the, the the
2: the least favorite part of it in a general sense is when is when you realize that you haven't been methodical enough and and you have when you have to go back and fix a problem you realize that you have to like go through it with a fine tooth comb because you were, you were sort of winging it and being intuitive while authoring the first time down. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I just don't copy and paste between exactly similar sections. And that always comes back to bite me in the butt. Um,
0: yeah, that is uh, when I'm authoring. That is probably one of the biggest uh, things to keep an eye out for is consistency across the song, especially if it's really long.
2: Right. And it's, it, it, it it's, I, it's only now starting to occur to me that it's sort of like writing a computer program and you got to approach it really logically. And it's a little bit of a disappointment because, you know, the funnest part to me is just deciding how to map the drums or, or, mm-hmm. or, um, um, yeah, just, just whenever you get to make a choice, basically, it's the fun right. part. Um, <laughs> and then the least fun part is when your choices get rejected. Like, uh, like I had, um, and on Bizarro Genius Baby, it's a um, it's a drum machine, so it's not played by a real human. So you have to make you have to make some choices right off the bat, and th- the main beat um, is you know, is fine. You can play that and everything, but then there's there's some kind of subtle little things that you might not really hear in the mix, and and uh, and um, the whole thing it doesn't have a hi hat. It has like a like a click clicky sound. And when I was trying to play it, I'm like a hard-level drummer. I'm not an expert-level drummer. So, so it just seemed really hard to, to switch your hands around and have to do everything the way it was normal. So I, I, got, I got obsessed with this idea of kind of doing a disco flip um, so that, so that uh, you, know, you, you, could, you could have the snare on the yellow gem And and your left hand doing this weird offbeat thing, and it it just really made sense to me physically. It felt good. It felt easy to play that way, Mm -hmm. and that was the first thing that got you know dashed on the rocks. Was like, (laughs) this isn't a disco song. Why are you disco flipping it? It doesn't even have any hi hat. What are you doing? You know, (laughs) and 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 I was just thinking like, well, I don't know. I thought it was cool that way. You know, I I thought it thought it was fun, more fun to play that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, you gotta have standards, Um, and I could I could i had the justification for it because it was a stereo drum file anyway it, w- it wasn't really separated into different parts yeah. so obviously disco flipping would screw up the whole scoring system mm-hmm. if you if you had separated snare and kick and everything but um so that's 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 kind of one example yeah my, my least favorite part is just getting rejected <laughs> what was your favorite yeah. though? <laughs> what's the best part the part that makes you the happiest
0: um since we've been down this entire time
2: <laughs> i really like authoring drums i think authoring drums is super fun and and um it i i suspect that it's fun because i'm not a drummer and and but as a bass player i'm like a guitar player who's sort of in love with drummers and in love with drums and and i just you know I assume a drummer would approach it with more expertise than me would just say like well this is how it was really played. I don't know how it was really played. I just know like you know it's a drum machine. It wasn't played. <laughs> well right, but but on a, on a on a part that did have real drums or something. Right. Um although you know as, as a lifelong obsession with drums even though I'm not very good at drums, you know, I I, I have some idea of how it's really played. Right. Um so yeah, that's I think that's the part I'm most enthusiastic about. Oh, my my other least favorite part is the <laughs> Um, the syllables and vocals. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Especially
0: when you're authoring a rap song.
2: Oh my god! There's only... so many lyrics. Yeah, and yeah, it's, I
0: can only imagine that's a terrifying.
2: It it turns out that if you just if you just go for, like, I'm a good speller. You know, I don't. I mm-hmm. I just I can usually just look at stuff and get it right. If I if there's something I like, I edit writing for my friends sometimes I'm 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 a wordy person so I'm not used to this but the syllabic separation of of line breaks and words is yes. not, not something that I have in my database and the the only way to get it right is to go through every single word and pretty much even when you know oh, that can't possibly be wrong you just have to check it because <laughs> it's not worth getting a peer review fail because you were too lazy to spend an hour doing that. Right. Uh, I think you're speaking,
1: mm-hmm. you're speaking Jim's language here. <laughs> yeah, I am the, the dude who looks at most of the vocal charts, or at least I did. And that was one thing that I would always have to continually go back to dictionary.com. It's like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this is right. But just in case, you know, and then sometimes it turns out I'm totally wrong. So. You know, I wrote, I wrote to MW once. <laughs> Be- be- and I was they actually responded to my email
2: because I, f- I think I found a word, I wish I could remember what it was, that was different on dictionary and MW.
1: Yeah, if, uh,
0: There, there a, are a few. I've seen a couple like that, where it's like, depending on where you looked it up, we'll
1: have different syllable separations. Yeah, the, the, the major offender here is every. That will be different between Merriam-Webster and Dictionary. That
2: probably was it, actually. Uh, so, let me see if I can find the email. Like
1: a common word. <laughs> I know, and I see it everywhere. And so no I get run into this problem all the time. Yeah. see it everywhere. Shut, Shut up, up, man. How pun intended. All right. check, this,
2: check this out. This is what she wrote back to me. Um. <laughs> um... Okay, our entries, our entries display two different aspects of word division. Um, the division shown by the centered dots in the headword represents end-of-line division. These are the divisions traditionally used by many editors and publishers when breaking words across lines in justified columns of text. Right. These divisions sometimes match up with syllable breaks, but not always. In the case of iron, I think it was iron, the the two syllables are treated as a single unit for the selection of end-of-line breaks. The reason for this is that most editors and publishers do not break words at points that would
0: leave a single letter on a line by itself. Interesting. So they... Jeez, um, this is like the nerdiest thing we've ever done in this podcast, talking about syllable breaks. Right, so it was ironic. It was The word was ironically. Oh,
2: and for from a line break perspective, you wouldn't, wouldn't want to have I out. hyphen ironically, right? But syllabically, it, it and especially iron doesn't sound like, but ironic definitely sounds like a different syllable. So and that kind of stuff, you kind of got to make a judgment call. And then you can, you can just tell people like, don't don't fail my review. I, I did my homework.
0: This is yeah. what I learned.
1: Mm-hmm. God, that is pretty frustrating.
0: Yeah. Blah. You to say something.
1: Uh, I was going to say, when you were talking about how when you have to make choices as an author, and sometimes they get shot down, it can be very frustrating. I remember an instance when we were trying to get Fly on the Wall through by Minnesota Sex Junkies, and I I guess we were having a serious trouble with the drum track, because there were two different uh, drum layers going on. There's like 8,000 drum layers in this. There are, but there were two in particular that we were sort of, I guess, waffling between at the time, and... Mm. Uh, I hear this from ELX, but uh, we, we went with it one way and somebody would complain, went with the other way and somebody would complain, and... That it,
0: it was pretty very frust- frustrating. It experience. Was, it was pretty frustrating. We were yeah. still so fumbling with that up until the uh, the cutoff point.
1: Yeah. at the, At the end of the day, we actually decided to include literally everything, and it managed to pass that way, which is amazing.
2: <laughs> Even no. though it was, is it unplayable?
1: No, it's not everything. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah, it it's it's, it's, it's playable. It's I played it earlier of everything, and yeah, and it was it's not everything. It, it's it's absolutely insane to play, but it is a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, to wrap
0: up the interview though i was wondering uh if you've had a chance to play a lot of rock band 3 and what your thoughts on it are
2: you know i got rock band 3 right before that big deadline hit mm-hmm. and i was so sick of rock band <laughs> after that after that hell week that i haven't even i haven't even played the new guitar with all the frets yet i just i just have it and haven't even so yeah i i, I mean probably next week but i haven't tried it
0: yet um i don't even have that you should want you it, should ship me that guitar and i can tell you how good it is
2: oh <laughs> I, I well yeah and i want to figure out how to rig it to uh you know how to actually play
0: it on Hook it on, into on, the on, computer on, or whatever yeah MIDI. yeah on stage yeah. and stuff but That'd be really um cool.
2: My my girlfriend and I we played uh, the first two songs. Uh, she was playing the the, the keyboard, and uh, we had a good time. But I really um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But after a day of authoring, the last thing I
1: want to do is play rock band in the No, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent with you. <laughs> I'm I'm sort of not that way. It's right. Like, You're just oh, like God. more. Yeah, it's it's like after you know doing a day full of rock band's work, I want to relax with rock band for pleasure. <laughs> Just relax. You're beyond, you're beyond me, Jim. I can't. <laughs> after, I eat after a day be- of staring at gems.
0: I can't look at more gems. gems. I'm done. <laughs> I eat, sleep, and breathe rock band, man. <laughs> must be why you're with us. Um, so. Quick bit of news. Uh, that was a really long interview, so I'm just only going to do one news thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's a big news thing, yeah, to be fair. I don't know, Brandon, if you saw this, but Guitar Hero's dead.
1: Yes, I tweeted
0: He's about dead. that the minute I heard about it. What dead. is the
2: story? Is, is the story that, that Harmonix sold Guitar Hero to Activision and then came out with Rock Band and uh, well, just believe... sort of laughed at them for paying for
0: Guitar Hero? <laughs> well, I believe what happened... All right, so Activision published Guitar Hero 2. And I think they bought the rights to Guitar Hero, and then MTV Games bought Harmonix.
1: That, is, that was my understanding, right. too. They were sort of separated by bigger companies. Yeah,
0: so eventually it became, MTV Games was like, alright, we, we bought this company, but their IP is owned by a different company, so we can't use that one, so give us something different, and they gave us a Rock Band.
2: I just, but, uh, I, it's an interesting. I, I wonder what the like copyright drama is oh, behind the scenes. Oh, it's
0: amazing. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about law, but every every time a piece of it's brought up, it's amazing. <laughs> but Guitar, yeah, Activision has said you know they've canceled their game for 2011, the Guitar Hero title. Mm-hmm. They've basically fired anyone that's ever worked on Guitar Hero. It seems.
1: Yeah, not um, just Guitar Hero, but DJ Hero too. Right, which DJ is Hero. very sad. That was just, a cool uh, game.
0: Yeah, it, it was, was. I never felt like it got a chance to shine, the way the Guitar yeah, I, Hero did. I th- I,
1: th- I think it was just really getting into its prime as a mm-hmm. hero game, and then now it's you know down and out. Yeah, just but, chopped off at uh, the legs, basically. Yeah, I think. Uh, o- officially, the word is that uh, from Activision they did. They said they can't say there will never be another Guitar Hero game. It's because they, there will be. Yeah, there, there will be. They're, they're gonna leave this open, but there won't be any for the foreseeable future. And uh, uh, the final word is that DLC is gonna run through February and then that's it. Yeah. And then DLC is done, which basically
0: leaves Rock Band as the only remaining uh, 3D Rhythm Game, basically.
1: What are you right. talking about, man? I mean, power gig all the way. <laughs> Actually, alright. Fret's on fire! I was talking... <laughs> I I forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The 3D highway, the 3D highway thing, the you know, highway mm-hmm. scrolling towards you.
1: Harmonix, yeah. Harmonix has a patent on that. I did not know that. They have that patented. Which they they got a patent on a bunch of weird stuff. I know, I mean, but that was really awesome They have a patent on. <laughs> which is why all like Rock Revolution and Power Gig have vertical highways. You, you, know what's, you know what else they have a patent on? This is great. They have a patent on calibrating audio and video separately. That's really which, it, which, which is why Guitar Hero has to do it both at the same time. That's why it's that's so dumb. <laughs> that's true. If if you go ahead and look for Guitar <laughs> Hero patents online, I think your jaw is going to drop.
0: Don't get me started on patents and why they're stupid. All right, all right, let's not. <laughs> but as for Guitar Hero, I think you know it's a sad day. Really, it, it is it, sad because you know Guitar Hero was putting out a lot of good stuff.
2: I think it's ooh, great ooh. because our, our stuff's in Rock Band, and and I want those people to come over to Rock Band and. <laughs> And, and, and buy our songs. <laughs> I mean,
0: like, it's a simple matter of self-interest for me. Uh, some people really like Guitar Hero more than Rock Band, so for those people, I feel bad for them. The <laughs>
2: question is, are the people yeah. who used to work on Guitar Hero, who got fired, are they going to be uh, authoring uh, DLC for Rock Band soon?
0: DLC, I don't know, but I could see them coming to the network or something.
2: I mean, yeah, well, yeah they, they're not probably hiring... However, no, many. but uh, starting,
0: especially after they let off a bunch of people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a sad day, especially for music games, because it's sort of, you know, when there, when there's only one company left, it sort of almost feels like everyone's on top of this one ship now. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, well, how long is this ship gonna last?
2: Sure. Well, these things are fads. I mean, you you have to you gotta ride it while it's while the while the wave is there, and mm-hmm.
0: you know, and I think I think Harmonix is really. Has been really a lot smarter with how they've done stuff. Like Harmonix has a, been able to keep the rock band name after being sold off from Viacom, for example.
1: Yeah, I th- I think what Harmonix does that Guitar Hero really didn't do is that they pursue loyalty with an aggressiveness almost nobody else does.
0: And I yeah. think
1: not to be uh, not to downplay it, I think the Rock Band network is a
0: huge thing for Harmonix. Because it means that they can literally stop doing DLC and their game will keep getting content.
1: Made right, for it. yeah, and, and, and they will keep getting money for work that they do not do. Well, right. they still Which have is pretty do, brilliant. They still have to maintain stuff. They still have to
0: put it out through quarantine and check that it doesn't break the rules.
1: That's stuff. true, but com- compared to the actual author, compared it's pretty DLC. small. Um, for songs that they have now
0: authored. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Rockman Network is a huge huge It is cer-
1: certainly took the wind out of the Guitar Hero sales and GH Tunes.
2: You know, it has a lot of crossover with um with the game that I'm addicted to, which is Magic the Gathering. And it it reminds me of Mag- Magic the Gathering is part of Hasbro now and they are they're making more decisions about growth and, and things and um and, and profitability with their game, it's really right. it's really fascinating to see that happen. But when but when we get together and we start you know grousing about you know these corporate decisions of our favorite game, I always bring up the fact that. I can't believe that this game is still is still exists, and they, and they, you know, like there there are tons of people who play this game. It's it's actually pretty healthy. But um, if it were to disappear, and then they just stop putting out new sets, like we would all just be so sad. So you know, yeah, go company, make your profits, keep giving us our crack, and uh, <laughs> you know, um, and I it, it's a similar thing with with rock band where you you, you gotta. You've you got to hope that the ship stays afloat because um, there's a lot... You, it, it, and it, it all stays afloat by having newness. You have to have this continual newness coming into it.
0: Right, and I think that's where the Rock Band Network really comes into play. Uh, I think Harmonix is in a unique position as potentially the only company that could really step away from one of their games and continue to have content. Welcome back from that break. This week we have the other half of our songs that exist coming out.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've released
0: all the songs forever. All the songs that we didn't release last week—they're all out now. How
1: the many did week. you count? Five hundred. I have no idea. Oh uh, boy, as I, many as I could imagine. I I could probably count them up for you. It would take a little bit. When was when was the last podcast? We're not counting it up. Come on. Let's be I'm, serious. Let's be serious. We're serious business podcasts. I, I don't have to count them up. I can just have the website show how many res- okay, in the last uh, 5 days there were 25. <laughs> God. Yeah, there I think there was a total of 28 songs released since the last podcast actually went up. Well, yeah, so I'm
0: not reading them all. So go look at we'll go to our website. Yeah. click the songs tab and look through it there um, but we will get into the songs we're talking about this week with Bizarro Genius Baby by C.C. Bizarro, Bizarro,
1: Bizarro Genius Baby the father of bizarro genius baby she's out the womb like dude why I get expatriated? debated at one month the final point of a diaper devised a device composed of a hose and a windshield wiper grew right, and in intellect as the months passed where i cap ironically grew fussy once and she summoned me not tonically
0: but through a series of it that was bizarro genius baby by mc front brandon is there any cool stuff you want to talk about with that song pick us off
2: um well uh first part obviously it's a it's a drum machine so um and it's and it's and, and it's got a swung kick kick drum which is interesting um, um so that the whole feel is you know ta, tukata, ta, katum, you know that and that little katum, is any, um, any any podcast yeah.
0: where we get vocal sound effects is a podcast that
1: i enjoy <laughs> so that one of these days we'll have acapella on, on the, the podcast
2: that's right i hope so so that's the main thing that you have to nail if you're an inexperienced drummer is that little um kick yeah. drum but but after that um it's it's pretty much repeated through the whole song uh, that that drum part doesn't have any variation and um you know that's one of the rules is that you're not allowed to make up stuff you got to author what's really right. there so um and and that's also if you can imagine the there's the the um, the beat is a uh, Basically, ignoring the kick room, there's this kind of thing going on. And that was the part that I originally wanted on the left hand, because for me, it was easier to do that on the left hand. I have the snare on the right hand, and I had to go back and change it because I failed a peer review because too many people didn't understand
0: why I had done that. Right. And it's important to, I guess it's not that important to mention, but you mentioned before that there's no hi hat in the song, it's more like a click. Sounds right, effect, I think on the why there's the
2: I I think there's a occasionally there's a there's um I mean you can hear some stuff that's not authored but it's so low in the mix that it's not it wasn't really like these little faky symbol like drum machine like t- t- things yeah. that happen every once in a while and during the breakdown there's this there's this other faky sort of closed hi hat sound mm-hmm. um but you have to have a pretty good system to hear some of those little details so I didn't author them
0: right um. The guitar track is actually incredibly varied for a, uh, a rap song, I think.
2: Right. So that the, it basically, you know, it's fun to rap the song and it's fun to play the guitar part. I think the bass part is also like the beginning of it is like, and then there's like a long space and then there's, <laughs> um, but, uh, and, uh, it's kind of funny authoring this up, as, as up, the front a lot bass player. Cause actually the keyboard player played the bass on this song. So I, I didn't have anything to do with it, but, right. uh, um, that's why it was fun to the next song. I played actual bass on, but the um, the keyboard solo is is was really fun to author and full of tons of choices. And I, I mean I don't know if I made the right choices. The main choices were when to have non hoppos and um and also there there are a lot of um there are a lot of like green orange notes at the same time because he's always playing octaves on the keyboard and things like that right and so i kind of had to take some leeway and beg for some leeway in the reviews saying look i'm 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 a i'm turning a keyboard part into a guitar part here you could do it a million ways i'm sure you know if you're an author you have your own disagreements with some of the choices i make but but um you know I would take my right hand and just sort of play it on my desk and, and try and kind of think about it that way. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And um, and one of the main things that was hard to decide about was usually on, on, on a, on a guitar part, you, you would author, you would strum the first note and then maybe hammer on the second note, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. But, but on, on the piano parts, the accents would, because they were swung it would usually be the second note which was accented it would be like right. and and so and so I, I had versions where i was having hoppos into strum notes all the time mm-hmm. but then but then when you went and played them on the guitar it was just really weird cuz that's not usually how the guitar parts get authored right
1: so yeah that's un- unfortunate about the with uh I don't know where I'm going, going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: it all looks fine, though. I mean, watching it, I think it looks like a really interesting and fun chart. And as uh, as someone who's listened to the song a lot, I had completely forgotten that any of that <laughs> organ solo in the second vo- verse was even there.
2: Right, because it's yeah, rapping yeah. over the solo, so you don't really listen to the solo yeah, so much. I'm focused Not on really. the vocals.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, was- like, I, I can tell you, though, that uh, if I ever play that particular guitar part, I'm going to be breaking out my rock band keyboard and playing it that way. Because... Oh, that would any be, other way would be blasphemous. That, that would be actually a pretty cool way to do it. Uh, now that I think about it.
0: Um, is there any other major points? It's about a girl. She's, she's a genius and a baby. And bizarre.
2: Wait, the, yeah, the lyrics speak for themselves. Uh, unlike, <laughs> I think unlike some of... Unlike some of his lyrics, this one is really easy to understand. You don't have to go you don't have to go on the internet and do research, <laughs> which apparently our fans enjoy, but there's a lot of there's a lot of lyrics that are just incredibly referential or full of strange jargon that is in some right. limited lexicon. This is just a sort of a fantasy about having having a, you know, a baby and being one of those sort of overproud parents and then the baby coming to sort of threaten and usurp your your mantle as the king of nerdcore rap yeah. and then then you have to you have to dispose of the baby so that you uh, are not Dude, spoilers um, come on yeah upstaged a, I think um, That's part of the songs <laughs> were <laughs> um, um. And it also has the word indefatigably in a rap, which I think is important. And, and maybe one of the records for
0: most syllables in a Rock Band Network song. <laughs> At least until Supercalified, whatever. Supercalifried. <laughs> right, Right, Mary, Mary Poppins. Until we get the Mary Poppins soundtrack. Um, well, let's take it out to the next MC fun hassle for a lot song. Hassle in the dork. Books Had
1: 18 cards in my hand, all muds, and I didn't seem to need a mud card to win. Hadn't tapped the mud yet, then the other kid See, He'd just drawn a battalion of rolling explosions. Plus the card that made me frozen, those in the roll of a 20 die I did it. My last hit point had already got hit. It. My last instant had already got a credit. Got called twice and it turned him with it. It didn't swell up my ego much. I played Hassle for Dork and the once
0: that was a clip of hassle the dorkening brandon take us into the song what's what's it about
2: hassle the dorkening which i believe i, I did mention earlier is a is a oh, song yeah, it's is a is a song about magic the gathering and uh which is my favorite game um and i spend thousands of dollars and hours on it every year um and uh, I tried to teach it to MC Front a lot, and, and he got frustrated uh, that there were too many rules, and he said the game was an enormous hassle. And so he wrote this rap about how he played Hassle the Dorkening once.
0: Um, it is, it's it's pretty entertaining. Um, it is. As far as instrumentation goes, you were mentioning that it's sort of funky, and that gives uh, you as a bassist an opportunity to sort of do more interesting things, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I. If you're a bass player, just music from the '70s in general, you know Marvin Gaye and disco music. Um, it's just it's just bass player music, like you know different genres. Like heavy metal is, you know, the guitarist is allowed to show off a little bit in heavy metal. Right. But but then if you play. You know, other genres of music, you know, you're supposed to just, like, not attract too much attention, just support the singer or whatever. Funk music is so fun for that. You just, you get to be a little showy, you know, Um, (laughs) riff-tastic. And, uh, you know, also, I think when we recorded the song, we just did a kind of piecemeal. I just kind of kept throwing down random riffs, and we just sort of edit them and put them in different places of the song so there was constant variety and everything. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's fun for me as the bass player and author to, since the, the other song, I didn't
0: even actually play bass on. Uh, <laughs> right. I think it really, it, it really shows, I think there's a lot of variety in this song. That's actually really cool. Um, yeah. Jim, what do you think about the
1: uh, hi hats? <laughs> the hi hats, oh, the the, the <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to express my opinion on the hi hats. They're quite intense. Uh, again, the the song is a bit repetitive on the drums. It's the they'll have a sample of the beat and it'll go over and over through the verse and it'll change up for the chorus. But right, it's basically two beats: it's a chorus beat and a verse beat, and it's yeah. pretty much the same. For, for, they're, they're the same, except, you know, the chorus beat just gets a lot worse. <laughs> it's just, it's disco know. beats, and it's awesome, and I love it. <laughs> it, it it's disco beats, but, man, it, the, like, rolls of that fast are going to be hard to pull off so many times. <laughs> uh, so it's like my lovely man in that regard.
2: Well, it's funny you bring that up, because the thing that I advocated, and I, I had learned this after getting rejected for my disco flip on Bizarro, and yeah. having to put it back normal, um, this is actually a disco. And so, before I even in, in its first play test, I said, um, I said, listen, I, I really want to disco flip this on hard level as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I was actually going to bring this up because I remember seeing your post about it.
2: Yeah, and and that's not allowed. I mean, the the, right. the the rule is you only. But fortunately, and I think one of the reasons it's not allowed is because their software just scores it a certain way, and they just didn't. They didn't also, really. It's, s- it's really hard. Uh, it's hard to play, so maybe it's too hard. Maybe it's too hard for a hard level. But, but th- I, I just felt like the expert level, because of those 30-second notes, was totally stupid <laughs> for, for, for anybody who wasn't really, really good at, 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 at stick technique. And so, so I, wanted, I wanted there to be a disco-flipped version that wasn't so hard. And um and it wasn't possible under the rules, so I wrote to Nord and I kind of waged a little campaign. I was like, "Listen, it's it's really going to be good for the song if you can allow me this exception, and it won't even screw up the point system because again, I was sent a stereo file, you know that that isn't isn't well separated, mm-hmm. um so it's going to work out fine.
0: And uh, and, it's, and it's not like ridiculously fast or anything like that. It's basically sort of like a you know moderately tempo disco beat. It's not like run to
1: the hills or something incredibly fast it's like smoke on the water basically
2: yeah and and it would it would be dumb to be better if if (laughs) if you if you don't have it flipped then then you would either have to cross your hands which is even worse or you would just have to take out 16th notes and it would have to be which at that point you've kind of lost the whole disco feel of it so, so I, I waged a little campaign, and Nord, Nord said he didn't have a problem with it as long as nobody else did, and I pasted his quote into the the discussion. And I was like, "Nord's okay with this. I hope you guys are okay with this." and I was just really deferential, and I was like, "Please, please let me do this." and um so i got I got to disco flip it on hard and and I think it's a lot more fun to play it. It's just fun to play a disco flipped part
0: right the, I think. I think uh, songs like this are unique in that regard. Where they're you know they're slow slow enough. Something like this or maybe Orange Crush, it's sort of slow enough that uh, you could do that. But there are definitely songs where I would absolutely win. I would absolutely uh, unflip it unhard because it's just like so fast. You know what I mean? Like not this song, but other songs yeah um so now that we've done the mc Frontalot songs let's go into the rhythm author stuff with a track called on the wall by molehill
1: she's hard to please she can make a glass of water freeze she's a shotgun overloading fella gotta run she's exploding all the time i think it's time for me to go it's snowing, but it's got
0: to be colder inside, whichever she calls Whoa! Whoa! If you ever want to feel rejected... And that was a sample of On the Wall mind. by Molehill. Sound offense, hit yeah. me with your best I, shot. Uh,
1: I, I did not hear what you just said. I said hit me with your best shot, but now you've made it stupid, okay. so continue. <laughs> I, I will hit you with my second best shot. All right, fair enough. Okay. Uh, phew, that, that song is a lot of fun. Like, it sounds like on pretty much every instrument. It's, you know, just very fast-paced kind of stuff. Just, I don't know exactly what genre I'd put it under. It doesn't feel quite like rock. It's it like, starts, uh,
0: when the guitar comes in, it sounds really surfy. Yeah,
1: kind of, kind of like, oh, like that, snare, the that snare, that snare-based, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah.
0: The snare and the, uh, the, the guitar sort of like... It sort, of, sort of reminds me of Ska a little bit, but... Uh. Yeah, but not, not quite so far. I mean, there's no horns or anything.
2: I mean, yeah. I, I feel like bar rock is sort of a term for, for, for this, but with a slight surf influence.
0: Yeah, because it's like clean guitar. It's sort of like that. Um, the drum. I think, yeah, the drums are really interesting, if not a little bit repetitive sometimes. Uh, I feel like guitar is the best instrument on this, though, right, Sound Offense?
1: Um. You know, I actually really like the guitar chart that's going on here. It's—I don't know how much soloing is going on. Well, there is the one solo, I suppose. The <laughs> yes, there is solo. that
0: lengthy solo that happens. <laughs> yeah.
1: Besides the solo, not much soloing going on. But it's sort of like—it reminds me of songs like a Henrietta or They're Red Hot, not quite as fast, maybe. It was just like a lot of you know quick hand movement got it. Uh, get your fingers there for the chords, et cetera, et cetera. And I've always sort of enjoyed playing songs like that. I think the
0: the Fratelli's is an interesting comparison. Um, I don't think their vocalist is quite as uh, iconic as as theirs is, but uh, I do think that instrumentally they sort of follow similar ideas. Um, Brandon, do uh, you have any thoughts?
2: I, I think the, I mean, I was noticing that that one verse is almost like rap, yeah. which uh, which is great. I mean, since I've been authoring rap stuff, I think it's it's fun to just have a whole bunch of syllables and have to, have to hit the phrasing
0: right. Right. Um, well, if uh, that's all we got for that, uh, Sound Defense, take us out. What's your song for this week?
1: The uh, s- song I'm going with this week is by Crush Luther. It's called We Are Kings. You built your house
2: on, on sand and stone. You left your.
1: That was a sample of "We Are Kings" by Crush Luther. Uh, mistaken. What What are your thoughts on that song? That
0: song's mellow, man, but it's also really cool. It's sort of it it's it's not as difficult as the previous one, but it is. It's interesting in how mellow, calming, but also varied it is. I think, mm-hmm. especially drums. Yeah, I
1: mean, like you know, mellow, calming. Apparently, is not synonymous with easy. No, and the drums I have that.
0: Both, uh, both the last two songs have had that uh, sort of light, light snare roll with accented snares that we authored on Yellow, um, and I think it goes really well in these two songs, along with the clean guitar, and just it really creates an interesting vibe, I, I feel. <laughs> Such an interesting vibe that it put Sound Defense Asleep. There's a, do the video. there's a
2: lot. There's a lot of snare work on that song. It, it's 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 a uh, it's pretty cool. It it has a, a light yeah, like you're saying, a light touch, which is nice. Yeah, good good, good for practicing
0: your 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 um tasteful stick work, your dynamics. Yes. Um, it's I don't know. It's beats you don't get to see a lot of. I Feel like people just typically just you know if they have to write a really calming song, they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna do you know eighth hi hats or whatever. There's actually, it's similar to the disco beat in
2: Hassle in the sense that it has this, you know, there's a little right at the end of the loop. There's the 30 second notes. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: It's not nearly as fast though. Right. Slower tempo. Slower pace, more relaxed. it's completely different, Brandon. I don't know
0: why you'd ever bring it up. There's always similarities. Um, but yeah, it's all. I mean, I think all the instruments get their get their due in the song in equal equal amounts.
1: I think so. My my favorite part of this song is actually the vocals, which is uh, not something I say very often. But it, it's it's fun to listen to, and it's you know fun to sing. It, he gets it's it's not that repetitive, and he does some interesting um, syncopation. I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. And it is I mean, it's catchy certainly.
0: first double digit episode of the rhythm authors podcast if you want to know more about rhythm authors you can go to rhythmauthors.com you can follow us on twitter at, at @rhythmauthors and make sure you subscribe to the podcast in itunes that's primarily where i would like you to subscribe um you can leave a comment uh you can leave a comment or rate it that would be best and if you have questions about the rock band network you should check out rockbandnetwork.com
1: Right. uh if you are interested in me and the things i do for some reason uh, you can follow me on twitter at, at @thesounddefense you can check out my rock band videos on youtube at sounddefenserb and you can also check out my various writings at cracked.com nintendo gal and gamer tv network
2: I guess it's my turn. Um, I, uh, I would want to drop a plug for Frontalot.com, BrandonPatton.com, our movie Nerdcore Rising, and um, that's about all I need to tell you, I think.
0: If you want to follow me for some strange reason, you can, follow, you can find me at, uh, at mistaken on Twitter, mistaken at YouTube, And you can find my original music at mistaken.bandcamp.com That's M-Y-S-T-A-K-I-N Guys, thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up. I'm going to put emphasis on weird
1: words. Thanks for showing up to the podcast. It was
2: no problem showing up. I was happy to...
0: But that's that for songs this week, I think. So, here's my here's the break that I'm going to edit this out entirely. <laughs> well,
1: with with the break and the <laughs> with the break and the
0: all right, hold on. Let me delete these videos obviously front a lot of songs. I
1: was, tr- I was trying to do a Christopher Walken impression, but it failed because uh, I didn't know what to say.
0: Incredibly bad. I didn't know what... I thought you were doing like a Jerry Lewis impression.
1: Yeah, I... I <laughs> partway through I realized I didn't actually know who I was imitating. Great.
2: Um, you know, the secret to doing the Christopher Walken impression is to, is to break up your sentences in places that nobody else does. <laughs> It's just Sorry. stop. It's just to stop in the middle of you know, and and especially like to stop right after the first or second word of a new sentence, and then and then pick it up. That that seems to be as main. Because I'm not good at impressions, but our keyboardist is really good at, at doing the Christopher Walken, and he he's always doing the like. Um, oh, what's a sentence? Uh, um, okay. when I author... Uh, when I author rhythm tracks i i always take time to i'm trying i'm trying to think of something to say. i need to read something hold on the um
0: <laughs> um declaration um, of independence go
2: here let me go to a, let me go to a wikipedia page all right here here's here's a wikipedia page. oh god lorem ipsum uh <laughs> yeah, right oh, <laughs> um what's their what's their what's their random page here we go random article all right um Claytonia saxosa is a species of wildflower in the purslane family, known by the common name Brandigis spring beauty. It is endemic to like he does those like he does those weird little things like where he he starts a new sentence and then he just stops. Yeah, and North Coast ranges. This is a small, compact annual. Herb forming clumps and you know that's how I I don't know I, I, I don't do the good impression but I know that that's part of it. Oh my God.